Let's give it up, everybody. Woo! <laughs> it's so good to see all of you. I tell you what, I walked in this room this morning, and I felt such an electricity, like so much joy and so much presence of God. How many felt that this morning? Man, there's something going on, and I am so excited. Amen. Um, I want to make a quick announcement. Face Sisters in the house, if you're here, give it up. We had a wonderful day yesterday, and hopefully it's something we can do annually, but we were able to put together 200 flower baskets for May Day and go into the community, and people were walking out and loving on us, and they were so appreciative, so we put together 200 of them, and as we were cutting those flowers, I kept praying, like the bread and fish, Lord God, let it multiply, because I just wasn't sure we were going to have enough, and we had exactly enough flowers for every basket, and so anyway, but ladies, we have another event in opportunity. And that's this coming Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We are putting together a garden party for you ladies, and it is going to be stellar. I met with the ladies today, and they always do such a great job. And so we're going to be giving away a Michael Kors purse, so you're not going to want to miss out. We also have some other giveaways that we're going to be doing. Um, you should have received, if you didn't, a, a registration form for those of you who don't make it to online. You can fill that out this morning, and as, even as I'm talking, and put it in the offering basket as it goes. I should say bucket, and um, this will get you registered, okay? Everybody say okay. okay. I just needed that break so I could drink. <laughs> I told you it's the most embarrassing thing to drink water, but it's so dry today, so... Anyway, so we're going to have an outdoor event, so if you have some friends who aren't ready to be indoor, it's okay. We're going to have an outdoor. It's going to be romantic and fun, and we have live music with our team, and I'm going to bring an encouraging word. We're going to have a wonderful time. Amen? Amen. So make sure you get registered and bring a friend. So I'm going to be continuing on. Also, I'd like to welcome Pastor Paul and Jenny back in the house. We miss you guys. Yeah, yes, amen. And we missed you, so it's so good to have you back. Just your presence here is awesome. So I'm going to be teaching a, a lesson that I did start last week, but we're going to get through it today, amen. And uh, I'm going to be talking about what the Lord has put on my heart uh, to soul win. And I believe this is the season that we're going to build the local church on winning people to Jesus. And you may be sharing Jesus with people, and listen, you may be the one planting the seed, and that's okay. You may be the one to water the seed, seed in someone's life, but you also may be the one that will get that experience of actually winning somebody to Jesus. And that's what we want to be as a church. You know, we've been proclaiming the year of Jubilee over faith builders. Amen? It's Jubilee. It's brand new beginnings. It's restoration. It's a cancellation of all our debt. Some may say Amen. We need some debt cancellations to build the kingdom of God, amen, because you're such a generous church, and I know when you're not tied up financially, you can even give more to the kingdom of God, and I know that that's your heart, and so I believe we're going into a season where we as the church need to get uncomfortable to share our faith, and the most important thing is that we know how to share our faith. That we really know how to, what is our story? What is our testimony? What did God do for you? And most importantly, what does the scripture say about winning somebody to Jesus, you know? So we have to know our faith in order to share our faith. And I believe God is taking the church and he's calling for mature Christians in this hour. 
You know, there'll be a, a tribe of Christians that will rise up in this hour that will take this assignment from God and begin to produce the revival that God has caused this nation to walk into in this season. And I believe that in the spirit of North Phoenix, Arizona, where Faith Builders, Faith Builders is sitting, God is stirring up the atmosphere for revival, for signs, wonders, and miracles. Not where we're just doing church, but where we're being the church. And so I want to take you through some scriptures today to help you understand the importance of sharing our faith. And as Christians, we need to, as a, a saying says, each one reach one. And faith builders could be a church of influence like that if every one of us would reach one person and bring them to church with us. You know, where we're not going through the whole week fighting our own battles, but we're really being others conscious. And we're going to create some cards for you. God's really put in my heart an evangelistic approach. Every Sunday you're going to have some cards on your seat, and it's going to have an invitation to faith builders. And on the other side of it, it's going to have a website link for them to go learn more about their faith, learn more about questions in the world today. And I want you to take those into the highways and the byways and start inviting. It's a matter of an invitation, isn't it? That's all that it is. If we're getting excited about the call of God on our church and on our lives, we need to spread that excitement around. And this church can begin to be catapulted in what God's called it to be, which it already is, but even more so being the fluence. So let's look this morning at Proverbs 11, verse 30. I love this scripture verse, and I'm going to sit on it for just a minute, and I'm going to pluck it apart and help you understand a little bit about this. But Proverbs 11:30 says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. So let's look at this verse. You can just leave it up there for a long time. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. God has called us as his kids to live righteous. To live in a standard of accepting who we are in Christ Jesus, not that we're perfect, not that you're always going to get things right, but recognizing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you can get your faith settled in being the righteousness in God, you'll be able to go give that story of righteousness away. And letting people know it's not about being perfect, it's about being in Jesus, bought by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm righteous because of what he did at the cross. I'm in right standing with the Father. And so when I know I'm in right standing and I'm not perfect, I can go share Jesus with someone else who isn't in right standing and let them know it's okay. You come to Jesus just as you are. You come to Jesus a hot mess. How many of you came to Jesus a mess? broken, discouraged, needing some healing, needing some help, right? But when you come into Jesus, God begins the process then. We don't wait to get perfect to come to Jesus. We say yes to the cross. We say yes to his purpose in our life. And then we allow God to work the work that can only come by his Holy Spirit. Amen? So the fruit of the righteous. So what does that mean? If we are in Christ Jesus and we are the righteous, God has called you to produce fruit. Listen, he's not called just faith builders to produce fruit. And we have a lot of fruit in this house. And we're going to continue to have a lot of fruit in this house. But God hasn't called the church just to be the fruit bearers. He's called you to be a fruit bearer. He's called you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. There's an anointing coming in the world today where you may be at the gas station and lean over to someone over here and the Holy Spirit just hits you and say, you need to walk over and say, can I pray for you today? 
That's the boldness that we're going to have to come into because God's going to do miracles in the grocery store. God's going to do miracles in the parking lots. God's going to do miracles wherever you are and you are available. But we have to recognize that as I'm following Jesus, I'm called to bear fruit. So in my Christian life, what kind of fruit is following me? What am I producing in my life? So if you look at that word fruit, it means this, to produce children. What does that mean? When you come in your faith, God has called you to produce one just like you. That means we need to be children producers in the spirit. We need to be winning somebody to Jesus. We need to be giving hope away. When I was young, I, you know, I was raised in the church and, you know, I was raised in a Christian family. So our church offered evangelism explosion. I think I was like 16 years old and I went through the evangelism class. And, you know, back in the day we knocked on doors and, and shared Jesus. But I learned my faith. I learned when I walked up to someone to say, if you confess your sins before Jesus, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. I learned that at 16. So as Christians, we've got to learn the scripture that can lead people at least to a confession of salvation, where the Holy Spirit can bring conviction in their life. Or if they're sharing your problems with you, you know what, I'm gonna, can I take a minute and just pray with you? Let's just stop. You're telling me all this stuff, and I'm so sorry. Let me pray with you. And you know what? You're not the one to produce the miracle. You're just the one that's available that says, here I am, God. And all, when I pray for people, all I feel is, God, you perform the miracle, but most of all, let them feel your presence. Because guess what the world needs? They need the presence of God. They need the hope of God that they don't have in the world today. And if I can be the one that I don't even have to touch them, the presence of God can come over in a conversation, in a prayer, that can touch someone with God's presence, that they can walk away and go, I have never felt that in my life. I don't know what that woman did to me, but, man, I'm feeling joy today. I don't know what that guy did to me when he prayed for me, but I'm feeling like I have reason to live today. There's a lost and dying world who needs what we are learning right here in these far walls, and we have to be bold and courageous and give it away. Amen? And when we produce the fruit, that's when revival happens. Listen, I've been doing ministry for 32 years, a very long time, full-time ministry for 32 years, and I can tell you a hyped service is not revival. And I love hype services. I love, there's sometimes I'll just run, I would want to run around the church. I mean, I love those kind of things and those, you know, the, those expressions to God. But that's not revival. Revival is when the world is getting saved. Revival is when lives are being changed. Revival is when drug addicts are getting set free. When marriages are being restored, when your children are coming back to Jesus, that's revival. And if the church gets excited about running around in a good church service, we'll feel like we're fulfilled instead of doing the assignment that God's called us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we're called to be, I need to produce someone like myself. So when you begin to produce the fruit of righteousness, you become that tree of life, which we'll get into in just a minute. And he who wins souls is a wise person. What does that mean? When you start winning people to Jesus, that wisdom means you become crafty and cunning. You become skillful at sharing about Jesus. You know, there's a wisdom to get into people's hearts. There's a wisdom to speak the love of God. It isn't coming out and like, you're going to hell. 
cool, you know. And I love those people that are on the corner, and I honk at them all the time. And thank you, Jesus, but that's really not going to influence people's lives, right? What's going to influence someone's life is when I'm slowly using the wisdom of God to speak in wisdom, speak in good counsel, win their faith and their trust. And I'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But when my parents got born again, they were first generation Christians and they partied in their house. They had a, my dad, you know Bishop, for you know Bishop, he had a full-blown bar in his basement. Bar top, everything loaded, and every weekend it was BYOB, and they partied up every Friday night, drank, you know, to whatever, had their fun music going, and one night changed my dad's life. And he gave his life to Jesus by a truck driver that didn't give up on him when my dad would cuss him out. A truck driver that didn't give up on him when he'd throw the Bible at him because my dad didn't want to hear the gospel. Somebody who was consistent with sharing Jesus and God's love changed my dad's life forever and my mom's. Which is why Faith Builders is sitting here today. And two other churches that they were a part of building. Why? Because someone was not afraid to share their faith. And my parents' life was transformed by Jesus, and they sent out a memo that Friday night and said, BYOB to the neighborhood. But this time, they didn't tell nobody. It was, bring your own Bible. They didn't tell nobody. Well, it was crafting. I'm going to get everybody in my house for the opportunity to hear about Jesus, an opportunity to hear what God did in my life, changed me, filled me, gave me my marriage back, the restoration that God can do. That was his story. He didn't know the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Listen, it's not about how much knowledge you can get from the Bible. We've got this thinking in the church that I need to be fed more. I need deep teaching. No, you don't. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus gave one assignment. Go make disciples of men. What does that mean? The only thing I need to know is that Jesus died on the cross. He rose again, and he's called this world to know him also. And if we are winning people to Jesus, we don't need to have Greek and Hebrew. And listen, I love knowledge. I love studying scripture, so don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about as Christians, we come into this, this I wanted to say pews. I'm not going to say pews. We don't have those anymore. But we come into church and like, bless me, Pastor Barb. Give me a good word. Praise and worship better bless my soul today or I'm going to go find somewhere else that's going to bless my soul. That's carnality Christian. That is not the kingdom of God. We are called to come in here to be equipped for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go into a lost and dying world and produce fruit. Is that how much you know? How much of our deep knowledge do we actually get to share anyway? And I'm a learner. I constantly learn. I'm in, I'm in Bible college classes online right now. I'm growing as a leader. But I'm talking about sharing your faith. You don't have to have deep knowledge to share your faith. The only knowledge you need to have is who you are in Christ Jesus. The only knowledge you need to know is what the cross did for you personally so that you can give that away right? So when you win, when a person who wins souls is wise, when I win souls, it means that I bring a descendant along with me. So when we are winning someone to Jesus or you're planting the seed or watering or whatever stage it is, when you enter into heaven, you are not going to enter alone. You're going to be able to open up those gates and God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to go to heaven alone. I want heaven to be full of people that I was able to trust, to be prayed for and encouraged and lead to Jesus Christ. I want people to be there before me and I would love a grandstand to come behind me. Why? Because that's what the church is about. 
That's what the church is about. And if you don't have that revelation, read Acts this week. We'd, let Acts be your study guide. The book of Acts is how the church of Jesus is supposed to look like. We have made it with all these bells and whistles, and that's not what it was designed for. There was one mass revival. It was the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit came down here on earth. And there was this great outpouring, and they were drunk, and they were crazy. But you never saw that in Scripture again. Listen, I'm talking about mature Christians. We can't be a bunch of wild, crazy people and think we can win the world. We've got to be solid in our faith. We've got to be solid in the word of God and know the power that we walk in. Amen? The world needs to see the solid walk of faith in believers. And so when you win souls, you're bringing in a descendant, a, de a de descendant generation into, your into the kingdom. That's what it's all about. Amen? Verse 33 says this. If the righteous will be rewarded, do you have that one? If the righteous will be rewarded on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? So we don't have it up there, but let me just say it to you again. If the righteous is going to be rewarded on earth, God wants you to be rewarded on earth as you're breathing for the things you've done for God, the people that you've won to Jesus. How much more the ungodly and the lost deserve a reward? We sit in our pretty little churches, and we've got this promise, and we're not giving it away to people who are lost and dying every single day. And if there was ever a time in the world today that people need hope, it's right now. It's just that word that I care and I'm thinking about you. I reached out to a girl I haven't seen for a little while at the church, and she's been reached out to a few times, but I thought, I'm going to reach out to her myself, and I inboxed her on Instagram, I, hey, sweetie, I love you, I miss you, and she said, well, I'm struggling with this, and I'm like, oh, here's a website for that, and boy, we'll be praying over you, and she inboxed me back at the end, and she said, Pastor Barb, I, I truly feel missed now. I truly feel missed now. People need to feel like somebody cares about them. People need to know they're missed when they're not at church. But we come in in this mentality of what we can get out of service, or we come in overwhelmed, and listen, I know there's pressures of life, and I know there's things that are going on, and that, but that can't be the constant behavior as we're building the church. We've got to come in going, what I'm learning, can I give it away this week? Who can I love? Who can I encourage? Who can I say, I'll be waiting for you at the gates at Faith Builders this coming Sunday. I'll sit right next to you. I'll pray with you. I'll disciple you, like Jesus said in Scripture, to make disciples of men. Taking the time of sacrifice to reach people's lives. When you look at the righteous is, is the tree of life, when you look at a tree, it means that tree starts to grow. It means it begins to develop. What is that? That's maturity. We don't stay little saplings. We as Christians have to grow in maturity, grow in our faith. We go strong in knowledge, but not of, not of deep knowledge, but a knowledge of the life of Jesus Christ. Let me prove that to you. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. We know this story, but I want you to look at this. It says, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Look at this. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, 
and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we see here, we know the Old Testament is the outward expression of the inward working of Christ today, right? So we don't go eat trees, right? Now we, we, ha- we are the tree. We are the one that's eating of the good things of God. But if you look at scripture, let's go to 15 really quick. Then God, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Everybody say every tree. Every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good and evil, you shall not eat it, for, of, for the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, what I want you to see here is they have the garden of the, the knowledge of good and evil. He's saying, I don't want you to eat of the good and the evil. That eating is to devour or to consume. Why? Because knowledge passes away. Knowledge doesn't move by the spirit, but he did say to eat of every tree, including the tree of life. So every day they were to eat of the tree of life. What is that? It's my relationship with Jesus. I don't have to go eat of the tree of knowledge. I don't need more knowledge. I don't need Greek and Hebrew theology. I need the living life of Jesus Christ. He said, eat of me, eat of my presence, enjoy my word. If we want to grow as a tree that bears fruit of righteousness, we have to mature in the word of God, eating from the tree of life. How many fat piggy Christians know so much and are doing nothing for Jesus? This isn't to slam people. This is to grow us up. Faith Builders is going to be a group of people who are going to be mature in the word of God. We're not going to run around in our emotions. We're going to know what the word of God says. God wants mature Christians that will grow up as trees of righteousness. I have one responsibility on this earth, and that is to be mature in Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean I I do it overnight. Doesn't mean I get it all right. But I'm definitely going to eat of this tree of life. But how many times does that 24-7 get away from us and we've never drawn from that living tree? We've never drawn from his presence. We've never gotten a fresh word from the word of God that illuminates life, listen, to you. How easy is it to look at the word and go, boy, she needs that word. I need to give that to that dude because I know what he's struggling with. No, the word is a mere reflection for you. Let the word challenge you. Let the word correct you. Let the word mature you as a believer. Amen. True joy from life comes from that living tree that God called us in our DNA. God said, I came down in the cool of day and walked with Adam and Eve. What was that? That was relationship. At the end of the day, God is looking for his church to have relationship with him. Somehow insert God into your week. And insert him into your day. If it's every morning you get up and you just simply say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day. I pray that you lead me and guide me into all truth. Let the Lord know that he is welcome into your day. The Bible says he's a gentleman. He'll wait until he's invited. And the second that he is, he'll come in like a flood into your life. Amen. So we need that relationship with God, which is what? It's alive. 
It's fresh. It's new. We can't live off old manna anymore. We saw that in the Old Testament. When God fed the Israelites with, with you know, um, manna, they, got, they could gather what they could eat at the moment, but he said, don't gather anymore. And they did anyway, because that's what we do. We don't really listen to God, do we? And they gathered more, and they wake up the next morning, and there was worms in it. Why? Because God is looking for new every day. He's looking for something fresh every day. And even if it's just taking five minutes to open up scripture and your journal, like, I'm going to get through five minutes if it kills me. Set the timer. But you're inserting him into your day. You're drinking of that living tree that's going to get you through the challenges of life. Right? We don't need to know about God. We need to know him. I need to know his voice in this season. I better hear his leading and guiding. As a pastor, I definitely am tapping into the Holy Spirit every day to lead and to guide this church and to hear his voice. But God wants the same for you. I said this last week, but when you look at Scripture in the New Testament, they didn't go into deep, deep philosophy or whatever. What? Philosophy. They didn't go into that. They used examples like this. You're going to run the race of faith. Why? Because they understood Olympics. They had to speak where they were at. When you're, when you're sharing your faith, speak where people are at, where they can understand and comprehend this word that we, we know so much about, but we've got to bring it to their level. We've got to make it palatable. They talked about, Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Why do you say that? Because they were fishermen. He didn't say anything. Jesus could have used the biggest words ever. He could have been as, you know, as philosophical as, as he wanted to be, philosophical as he wanted to be. He could have sounded as intelligent as he wanted, but he got down at their level. You understand fishing? I'm going to make you fishers of men now, not fishers of fish. I'm going to fishermen of fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men. We got to talk where people are at. Get in their world. If they, if they do weights, talk about weights with them. I don't know. Wherever your sphere of influence is, if they're truck drivers, start talking about driving trucks. Get in a relationship with people so that you can get into their hearts. And eventually, when their hearts ply open, now you have an opportunity. But it's going to come through relationship, right? What else did he say? He talked about the sheep and the shepherd. Why? Because they all raise sheep. So he knew if I use the shepherd, my sheep hear my voice. They hear the shepherd's voice and no other will they follow. They, I can get that. Now today we're like, oh, the sheep, what? Because we we're not shepherds. But he talked their language that they could follow and they could understand. We need to be willing to do the same. Amen. But it's going to come through this relationship that we need to have with people. Now let's look quickly to 2 Corinthians. Got a few minutes here. 2 Corinthians 5. And uh, let's go to verse 14. It says this. For the love of Christ compels us. What compels us to the lost in the world? The love of Christ. So our prayer needs to be, God, resurrect my love for you. Not that you don't love him, but it's this love that compels. What, is, what does that word compel mean? It's so powerful. It means it leaves no option. There's this love of God that is so strong in your heart that I can't not share Jesus. I can't not pray for someone because I am so compelled by what God did in my life that wherever I'm at, I have to be willing to be available to do that same thing with someone else. It was like me and my story with the woman that the Lord told me to pay for her paper towels behind me. I didn't want to do it. 
I, I was standing there and the Lord said, pay for her, you know, her, her order behind you. I didn't even know what she ordered. And I was like, okay. And I looked and she had paper towels. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask her to pay for her paper towels. Like, that is embarrassing because she's going to think, I think she's poor and she can't even afford paper towels. You know how our mind just justifies. And the Lord's like, pay for her paper towels. So I'm like, hey. I said, you know, um, I just kind of want to buy your paper towels, you know. I just feel like I'm going to take care of that for you. And this woman broke down and started to cry. And she said, you are not going to believe I just came from an appointment and I've been diagnosed with cancer. I haven't even told my husband yet. And she just began to weep over paper towels. I didn't want to do it. And I tell you, there's times I haven't done things God asked me to do and I could kick myself. But I did this time. And I told her, I said, well, I wasn't here to buy your paper towels. And I pulled her right around the other side of that register and I prayed for her right there with boldness and courage because that woman needed a touch of Jesus. I didn't, I didn't even know where she went. I didn't get her information, but I was there to maybe water something that was in her. We have to be available, right? Something has to compel us in this season. And we have to ask God, God, awaken me. Let me not just come and go in my world and, and not notice people around me that are hurting, that I could be used by God. You want to talk about get on fire for God? Pray for somebody. We passed out these bouquets. It was simple in my mind. I was floating all day long with so much joy because we got to meet some couples. And they were like literally, even the husbands were like, this is the kindest thing anybody's ever done. They were Mayday baskets. But we did something for them. We were compelled. And it was a lot of fun. But there's a compelling, right? That's where we need to get, God, what can I do to reach someone else? So there has to be that compelling. Let's keep going really quick this morning. 14, uh, compels. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died and rose again. Amen. This is where God's trying to get to the church. And, and you guys are incredible church. You're servers and you're generous. So I'm not saying this like you're not. I'm saying this has to be the spirit of our hearts. Amen. This has to be the spirit that we give away to other people that are coming into our church. We are a church who wants to be others conscious. We're a church who wants to reach this city for Jesus Christ. Amen. And I do know that that's your heart, but God, provoke us even more. Let me go on really quick. I want to read a couple more from here, then I'm going to read one in Matthew, and then I'll let you all out of here. Go all the way down to verse 20, verse 20, sweetheart. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Do you see how important that verse is? You become an ambassador. That means you are representing Jesus as if what? God was pleading through you. He sent his son to die a brutal death that is not just a story we celebrate once a year. It is what we live for. God gave up his son, and he's saying when you share, it's as God is pleading life to give life away to someone so that they can be saved from their sin. We've got to get out of our fear. If they don't like you, who cares? We have to have, have this approach of I love you enough that I'm going to keep sharing the love of God with you. It's like that man that went into New York City. I forget his name. Somebody shout it out. 
if you remember it, but he, he, went, he was a preacher. He walked away from the pulpit. He went to the streets of New York City to the gangs. He walked right into the gangs, the cross and the switchblade. Wilkerson Sr., the dad, he walked in and he, he went to these gang members. He said, I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you. And these gang members got around him. He said, stop saying that to me. And he said, Jesus loves you. He said, I tell you, if you tell me Jesus, you say that to me one more time, I'm going to cut you up in a thousand pieces. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you, if you cut me up in a thousand pieces, every piece will scream out, Jesus loves you. That's the courage we got to have today. You're not going to go into the gang members, obviously, but there's got to be a boldness that God is on our side and that people really want this truth. And I'm telling you, he won that gang member to Jesus, and he hit the streets winning gang member after gang member because one man had a courage to know who he was. He was the righteousness of God, and he wanted to produce fruit in the kingdom of God. Amen. Let me close with this. Go to Matthew chapter 5. says this in verse 13, Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be seasoned? I'm going to tell you, as Christians, and we've been walking with the Lord a long time, it is hard to get on fire for God again. It's hard to get back to that first love where you were just so passionate and excited, but we have to find a way to find our saltiness back for the kingdom, right? How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. God has called us to be the salt of the earth. Keep going. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What do we see here? God has called us to be salt bearers and light carriers. Now, let me give you this example as you're sharing your faith. If something has no salt, it's worthless, right? So if we're not sharing our faith, our faith is worthless. I get to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. But I'm talking about here on earth. It's, it's worthless. So what do I have to do? I have to get some flavor back in my life. But if you oversalt something, have you ever had something too salty and it ruins it? That's why we don't go crazy on people. Because you just do a little salt. You flavor that. Flavor that relationship. Share a little bit. My mom and dad always talked to us like we were saved when we were growing up. They, they, you know, my brother, you know, talked to him, made him lay hands on the sick. He didn't want to do it. He had to do it anyway, right? You salt a little bit. Why? Because that's adding flavor. So when we share our faith, you can't go too far. Build that relationship. Then he said to be a light that does not be hid. But have you ever been that parent or been done to you where, and I did this at our youth camp all the time, when the kids were sleeping, and you go and you just open up all the blinds and the light comes bearing in. The kid's like, oh, my gosh. You know, they hate you for it. And I would always sing to the kids in the morning. I'd drive them nuts. But, you know, there's too much light that can turn people away. That's a too much knowledge. Too much coming at me. You're coming at me too fast. No, we're the light of the world. We, we shine our light. What's my light? It's my love for you. I'm not trying to get you saved. Maybe that's not my, not, maybe that's not my portion with them, but I can share my light. I can tell you what God did in my life. 
I can tell you what the experience of I had. I can give you a scripture verse. I can pray with you. That's being the salt and the light of the world. Amen. How many appreciate that balance? It's the balance. I can do that, right? I can salt someone's life. I can be a little light bearer. I can do that in my life. We can take on that mission. I believe God has called us to take on that mission. Amen. We'll talk more about this over the next couple weeks. But I believe God's going to begin to awaken our spirits as this church. You're going to begin to have this unction of God as you're out there. Because that's the mantle that's hitting our church. And you're going to begin to sense that and feel that. And you're going to have some courage to step out in this season. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church, God. I thank you, God, that you're raising up soldiers, men and women of God, for this revival, God. That we take on this mission that, God, we are mature Christians. We are mature sheep, Father God. Lord, we want to grow as this tree that you've called us to grow into. And I thank you, God, that every one of us will begin to, in this season, have a sensitivity to you, God. A sensitivity to your voice and your call. Give his ears to hear what your spirit would want us to hear, Father God. And I pray that in this season they will be fruit bearers, Father God. That they'll win their co-workers to Jesus. That, God, they'll win their family members to Jesus. Whatever season they are walking into, I, de- I pray, Father God, that you will stir them up. That they will have the fruit that you've called them to produce. Give us courage and give us boldness. If you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I don't know where you're at. Only God knows. Maybe you just need to make things right. Maybe there's some things you're condemned about today. Maybe as I was talking, there was even some things from the past that were coming up. It's just time to get those under the blood of Jesus. Whether you're here this morning or watching online, it's time to get right with Jesus. It's time to get all in, amen. It's time to say, Jesus, I'm yours. I want to drink, eat from the tree of life, that living, mature water of life. And I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me, every one of us this morning. But I want you to just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. I come to you saying I need you, I love you, and I need to be cleansed. And I receive to be an ambassador of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. I love you all so much. I'm just encouraging you today to get ready because Faith Builders is about to go where God wants it to go. This church is just in such a pivotal place for explosion that people are going to start coming in and giving their life to Jesus Christ. And uh, that's the purpose of this church. Amen. So get ready. As the new people come in, we need to be prepared for that. Amen. All right, I love you all so much. Let's just welcome Pastor Paul.